Irving on a switch. He's got Grant. Irving. Oh, no. Oh, yes! A dazzling debut. Kyrie Irving has become the seventh net to score 50 points. Gonna be a good one. He spent his last couple years actually covering the Missouri Tigers in Kansas City for the Kansas City Star, but now he's making the big move. He's making his move to the NBA as a writer for the Athletic, covering the Brooklyn Nets. Alex Schiffer, welcome to the Bo Templin Show. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. No, very, very happy coming on. I, seriously, first of all, just congratulations on the new job and and the big move. I'm sure it's a crazy week. I really appreciate you making this happen. No problem, man. Any uh, any friend of Daniel Schmidt is a friend of mine. So I, you know, oh, I gotta bring him up, all right? Because this this was a tough weekend for our buddy King Goon out in St. Louis. Now I think he was on the road, but as you know, probably as well as anyone, and as I've seen, he can lose his mind when it comes to Missouri football, and and I can't imagine this week was any exception. We don't need to spend much time doing the Missouri football route. But can you give me a 30-second spiel on what you saw this weekend against Vanderbilt? Yeah, not much. It was a pretty unwatchable game. Um, I, uh, I think this is about as bad of a loss Missouri's had since I uh, first came to the university in 2013 as a freshman. Um, you know, I, I think that it'd be very tough now for Missouri to finish with 10 wins. And I think that this is a huge black eye on Barry Odom. You know, the schedule was there for him to get nine or ten wins. And even if they win ten games, your losses are to Wyoming and Vanderbilt. I mean, that's just a head-scratching season. And uh, I don't think the complaints about attendance anymore have much juice. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that this loss kind of took off the table in terms of complaints. So, you know, we'll see what they do next week. But uh, but just a, just a – Brutal loss with so many different implications for it. I also like that you called Dan King Goon. That's how it happened in my phone, by the way. And to be fair, we have talked a thousand times, and I've called him that every single time, and it just stuck. So I have no alternative anymore other than to call him King Goon. It's just pretty much the way it's going to be. Now, I am pretty happy for him. He tweeted out that he had a really good hair day, and knowing him, I, I know that made up for at least a little bit of the loss. But still a tough day overall. I, I mean, you look through any Missouri Twitter timeline, and it was just hell. It was Armageddon on there, and they were going after Barry. They were going after Sterk a little bit. There, there were a lot of blame to go around. But, you know, I've been a defendant of Barry Odom for most of his time here at Missouri. But this is probably the worst loss on his record. And it was just the lack of consistency. The, the penalties were as infuriating as anything I've seen and. Listen, I'm not going to pretend to be this expert on football, but you know you're going to give up 100 plus yards and penalties. You're going to have a good way to lose the game. I, I know that much. Uh, Alex, though, let's let's talk about the big move, right? You're you're making your way to the NBA, and like yourself, 
going through a lot of changes, going from one place to another, a completely new change of scenery, the Brooklyn Nets kind of have something similar. I mean, is there a little bit of irony in both of you kind of being a match made in heaven? Yeah, no, I, I followed the organization a long time. I grew up watching Kyrie Irving play in high school. Um, it, I couldn't ask for a better job. You know, I, I hope to have this for a very long time, so hopefully it works out. But, uh, yeah, I'm from the New Jersey area. I, I grew up here. My family's from Brooklyn. I've been there a million times. There's the connection. Okay, see, I was trying to put it all together because, you know, a lot of time, obviously, at Kansas City Star, Mizzou grad yourself. So, and I, I am a D'Angelo Russell fan, right? I, I'm a lefty myself. I just like watching the kid play. I think he's got that juice when it comes to hooping. And he's kind of got all of that in, you know, in store for the next decade of his career. But the Brooklyn Nets were handed a kind of a golden ticket, right? And when you have, you know, the money to make the purchase and, and make it happen and you can put Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the roster, it's a move you have to make, right? Oh, yeah, without question. I mean, this is the most hype the organization's had around in an extremely long time. Um, and, you know, we'll see if Durant plays it all this year. But, I mean, the, the I think it's like a change of the guard almost where the Knicks have been the team forever that is associated with New York. And this is really Brooklyn's chance to kind of put that spotlight on them. Everyone thought Irving and Durant were going to go to the Knicks. They went to the Nets. The Knicks really struck out in free agency. Um, this, this is a golden opportunity for the Nets to really make themselves the city's team. This is going to be a pretty interesting year because, you know, you mentioned that Kevin Durant probably won't be returning. At least, you know, kind of that seems the way that the signs are pointed to. But you you recently wrote your, you know, one of your first couple articles for The Athletic. And you had a quote from Kyrie Irving in there I thought was really interesting. Um, and we know that Kyrie Irving is this deep thinker, very philosophical being. He said... When you try and think of ways to get from point A to point B as quickly as you can, it's not always the right recipe. And I was going to kind of ask you, if, if you were the chef in this Brooklyn Nets restaurant, what is the recipe that does work for a, a kind of a complicated dynamic that they're going to face this year? Yeah, they have a lot of complicated dynamics. Um, I... Uh... I, you know, with Kyrie missing almost the entire preseason until Friday with that face, face injury, I, uh, I think that there's going to be some early growing pains as they kind of still learn to mesh with him. You know, he, again, there are opportunities to kind of experiment with him, you know, kind of went by the wayside when he got hit in the face. So I, uh, I think that's going to be interesting. You know, Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan kind of splitting up minutes. You know, I think Jared Allen is kind of a better player right now as DeAndre Jordan kind of moves out of his prime. And if KD comes back, what does that look like? Does it, you know, does it affect their playoff seed for better or worse? You know, if they have uh, growing pains, learning to mesh with him if he does come back. No, I think that there's going to be a lot of moving parts on this team for sure and how they figure out to get into a rhythm. What does Karis LeVert look like? There's a ton of questions with this team. As you've done your research and you've started preparing and, and welcoming in this new area for, you know, not only yourself, but the Brooklyn Nets, how many Flat Earth documentaries have you watched in preparation for dealing with Kyrie Irving on almost a daily basis? Yeah, you know, um, I, I was talking to him the other night because we're both from the similar part of New Jersey, so that I thought helped. Um, I've done some homework on him, but I've, I've honestly, since I got off of this job, I've spent every day doing research on some guy on the Nets, whether it's an assistant coach, Kenny Atkinson, 
um, the guy at the end of the bench. So, you know, I've, I've dealt with a bit with, with Kyrie um, in, in terms of, of looking into how his tendencies are and how he handles the media. But, you know, I, I can't I, – I'm already starting so close to the start of the season. I can't put all my energy into him. I really got to divide it up. Of course. One of the guys that they lost this year um... – and I actually think he played a bigger role on the team for the Nets than a lot of people realize. You know, it was recognized by the end of the year that Jared Dudley was this big chemistry glue guy for the team. He was their on-floor coach. And it was obviously apparent when they were facing the 76ers in the playoffs and he's going up against Ben Simmons and kind of trying to take the load mentality-wise. Is there a guy that you see on this team that fills into this glue guy veteran role and could it be DeAndre Jordan now that he's no longer in that kind of stage of his career that you mentioned? Oh, I think there's a few nominees for that. You know, I, I think that um, I think that Spencer Dinwiddie has a chance to have a, a bigger role this year for sure. I mean, he looks really good, but can he go up another notch and go from like 16 points a game to 20? Karis LeBert, I think, is kind of in that, that role. Of, you know, as you said, Jared Dudley at Mizzou Connection, but Demari Carroll was another huge black room guy they had that played mm. a big role with some of that stuff. Um, you know, C.J. Williams is an older guy that, you know, he's, he's around 30. He's been in the league a little bit. He's, he's kind of a, an older guy that he added that, that's got some experience. So, you know, I, I, think that, I think that he could be a guy. I think, as you said, DeAndre Jordan. I don't think there's one guy you point to and say he's going to be the, have that Jared Dudley role. And, you know, the other thing is that Jared Dudley also had some big games for him. Was that a position of need for them? Now they're a pretty deep team, so it, it, it's tough to really point to a position and say where they need minutes from except uh, power forward. And I think Wilson Chandler could have been the guy that, as you said, has that veteran role, but he has a 25-game suspension for PEDs. He could still give them a lot aside from that, but, um, but him being away that long also really hurts them. So he, he would be my top nominee had it not been for the suspension, but we'll see what he looks like when he gets back. For a, a team that's got so many moving pieces, and I guess it doesn't really matter what the team looks like, whether it's Mizzou football or you know the St. Louis Cardinals or the New York Yankees, a lot of it comes down to expectations, right? Do you fail to meet expectations or do you surpass them? And I would imagine that a lot of Brooklyn Nets fans aren't really sure of what reasonable expectations are for this year. And I'm not asking you to make a pre you know a prediction on where they finish this year, but what are fair expectations for people who are going to be tuning into Nets games on a pretty consistent basis? I, I just think that they finish with a playoff team. You know, I, I think that, I don't want to speak for all of us, but the East is going to look completely different with Kawhi Leonard got in and LeBron James out there for the second straight year. I think it's, you know, Milwaukee and Boston at the top, maybe um, Toronto right below them. And then I think everything else is really up for grabs. You know, I think Miami's probably a playoff team. Um, the Nets, I think, are a playoff team in some capacity. Uh, I'm trying to think just, I'm trying to go through the East as quickly as maybe Orlando's a lower seed. So uh, maybe Atlanta surprises some people, you know. So I, I think that the bottom expectation is make the playoffs. And then kind of go from there. You know, maybe maybe they're a top four seed without Kevin Durant, and they can win a round. And then the expectations are ginormous next year when he's fully ready to go. But I, I think that just basically maybe finish, you know, 46, 47 wins, 
get get in the mix somewhere in the playoffs, play in the postseason, make it around, maybe win a round depending upon what the matchup is like, and then then next year everything's on the table. With all the moves that kind of occurred through free agency this offseason and and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving making that decision to go to Brooklyn instead of New York or what you know it seemed to be at least the other option could have been New York. Everyone around the country wants to speculate. Oh, does New York basketball still do? Do the Knicks still have that same lore and have the Nets taken over as you know uh, basketball city's team? And I don't think it's really fair for anyone else to speculate other than the people in New York. So I'm curious. As you've kind of been moving around town and you've introduced yourself to some people, what is the reaction when you say, oh, I'm going to be covering the Brooklyn Nets this year, to people living in the city? Yeah, you know, I, I think that the Knicks still have a chance of surprising people. You know, they still have a really young core. Um, but, you know, there's definitely some buzz around the team. You know, Kyrie Irving being from the area I definitely think helps. Kevin Durant and, and, you know, what he did in Golden State carry some weight out. I think it'll be a different, whatever the vibe is this year, I think it's just going to be completely different in a year from now when, you know, they're, they are probably the, the, the team to win the East, also depending on what Giannis does. So I, I think that there's definitely some buzz around the team, but I also think that there's some intrigue with the Knicks just because they do have R.J. Barrett. They do have some nice young guys like Mitchell Robinson. They had some interesting free agent signings that could give them some help like Julius Randle and Bobby Portis. So, and, you know, the Nets play the Knicks in their second game. So we'll kind of get to see what they look like pretty early on. And, uh, and, and I think that there is some shine off the Knicks right now, but they could be a team that looks like they're in position to maybe make the playoffs next year. Outside of work, outside of basketball, outside of writing, and obviously, you know, your family's from here, so... Outside of all of that, is there something in particular, a certain restaurant that you're excited to be, you know, be able to go back and visit again and enjoy a meal there or something like an attraction or a type of music that you're excited about enjoying once again? Uh, that's a whole different, that's a, that could be a whole other podcast. Uh, you know, again, my family's from Brooklyn. There's a million pizza spots I've been hitting up lately. Uh, there's this restaurant called Junior's down the block from the Barclay Center that's got like the best cheesecake ever. Uh, it's the only cheesecake I'll eat, so I'm looking forward to hitting that that place this week. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be here all day, honestly. But there, there's a, a lot of Italian places, and uh, and even just seeing some of my old buddies. You know, I never got to even go to like one of my high school football games because in Missouri the last six years, so that that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's a ton of people I'm running into that I haven't seen in years. A lot of that kind of stuff more than anything else. Last thing I got for you, Shift Man, is uh, I'm a San Diego guy. I don't know if I ever told you that. I'm born and raised San Diego. Jalen Hands is a San Diego product. We're incredibly proud to, you know, have him a part of the NBA. And San Diego isn't necessarily known for its professional basketball. So all I'm asking is that you take care of our San Diego product for us. Um, ask him about the Mexican food in San Diego because I know he will talk greatly about it. Um, and then that's all I got for you, Alex. I really appreciate the time and, and just good luck moving forward with all the change that's going on in your life. Thank you, man. Take care. Thanks again. The shift man, Alex Schiffer, making his way from Kansas City to Brooklyn, now covering the Nets for the Athletic. That was a great conversation that we just had. So much fun talking to him. Pretty insightful guy, and I like 
that he's being patient right now, right? He's being patient. He doesn't want to necessarily make assumptions. He's not putting all his chips into one basket regarding Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. He wants to know this team. He wants to know the ins and outs, the little guys, the big guys, the old guys, the young guys, the guys working, the guys covering the team, and the guys coaching the team, right? There's a lot more to it than just Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Want to thank Alex Schiffer for making that happen. Really appreciate it because he is a busy man right now. Glad we can make that happen.